Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Throughout our church's history, there has been kind of a regular occurrence of every once in a while, certain groups of people or certain individuals, very often they're actually bishops or priests, come up with distorted views of God or distorted understandings of Christ or of our faith, where they they take things in the wrong direction or they take things to an extreme and, and lose a balanced viewpoint. And when these individuals or these groups kind of obstinately persevere in their distorted understanding of the faith, they become known as heresies, right? Misunderstandings, incorrect ideas about God. One of the heresies that arose in the church in the 1600s, particularly in France, was a heresy called Jansenism. And Jansenism had this distorted view of God that was very harsh and cold, right? not compassionate. And God was seen, you know, primarily as a judge who was, he was really mad at us for our sins and he was going to punish the wicked. And it kind of overemphasized the reality of sin. And it led to a lot of kind of despair and discouragement. People were afraid to approach God. And this is a distortion. This is not who God is and not who he has revealed himself to be in Christ. And to address this heresy, Jesus appeared to a French nun by the name of St. Margaret Mary Alico. We actually, her feast day was yesterday. And this was kind of the origin in the church of devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. Right? This devotion arose as a response to Jansenism. Right? to remind us that the heart of Christ is a heart of mercy, a heart of compassion, a heart that welcomes sinners. Right? Because Jesus took on our humanity and he understands us. He knows our struggles. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our temptations. And this is the beautiful truth that we heard in our second reading today from the letter to the Hebrews For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been similarly tested in every way, yet without sin. Jesus is able to sympathize with us in our struggles, in our temptations, in our weaknesses, because he himself was tempted without sin. But he knows our situation. He knows our difficulties. And so we are encouraged to confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. Jesus wants us to come to him with confidence, right? with trust, knowing that what he wants to offer us is help and compassion and understanding and mercy. So this is the balanced, correct approach in light of our sin, right? Jansenism overemphasized sin. Perhaps an opposite extreme that might be a little bit more prevalent in our day 
is to kind of underemphasize sin and say, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Just do whatever you want. We kind of, you know, deny the reality of sin to some extent. But no, our Catholic faith teaches us, yes, sin is real, right? We need to acknowledge sin in our life. But then we need to approach God with confidence, knowing that he doesn't want to judge or condemn us. He wants to forgive us. And one of the great gifts that we have as Catholics is that we know how to be forgiven. We know how to be reconciled with God. We know how to be washed clean, to be released from, you know, the regrets and the burdens of our past, to be given a fresh start. God has given us an incredible gift, specifically in the sacrament of confession, to know what we need to do in order to be forgiven, reconciled with God. We know how to approach the throne of grace to find mercy because that's what Jesus wants to give us in this sacrament because Jesus came, right, not to be served. He didn't come for his own sake. He came for ours and he wants to be our savior. He wants to serve us by forgiving us of our sins, by releasing us, by taking off that burden right, and giving us true freedom. So I want to just offer this morning kind of a, a brief refresher of how, uh, how to go to confession. What do we need to do? What are the requirements to make a good confession so that we can experience right, the true grace, the true mercy that Jesus wants to offer all of us? So perhaps a kind of an initial question is, you know, how often should we be going to confession? You may, you may already know that one of the precepts of the church is that we go to confession once a year, right? That's a requirement that all of us have to be good Catholics, to be good members of the church, to go to confession at least once a year. But that's the bare minimum, Right? If we really want to be growing in our faith, growing in our relationship with God, if we're really striving to grow in virtue, to find freedom from sin, then going more often than that is going to be extremely helpful. Because if we're honest, and we need to be honest with ourselves, we all sin every day. We may not always be entirely aware of it, but if we take the time to really prayerfully reflect Right? We're all struggling with sin. And so to regularly approach the throne of grace, right? to receive that mercy and that help so that we can grow in our faith. So uh, a good kind of rule of thumb, if, if we really are serious about our Christian faith and growing in our relationship with God, is to really try to go to confession maybe once a month. Now, maybe that's not necessary for everybody, or maybe that's not really feasible for you at this time in life, and that's okay. Some people even feel like they should go more often than that. But I just want to invite all of us to make a real effort to try to maybe go more regularly than we currently are, right? to come to confession to receive God's mercy. So what do we need to do? What do you need to do to make a good confession? What do I need to do to make a good confession, even as a priest, when I go? There's three, three requirements, three acts, three things that the penitent has to do. Contrition, confession, and satisfaction or penance, right? So contrition, we have to have real sorrow for sin, 
right? Not just going through the motions, not just going because, you know, I just told you to go or maybe your parents tell you to go, but to really try to go for the right reason because we're sorry that we've sinned, that we've offended God. And to ask the Lord to give us the grace of having real sincere contrition, real sincere repentance. Because the more contrition we have when we go to confession, the more grace we receive. And the more grace we receive to be able to really amend our life, to turn away from sin. Because part of being contrite is having a real resolve to sin no more. And to ask the Lord for that grace, to to really recognize sin in our lives as something evil, as something wrong, as something contrary to what we owe God, and to really choose uh, to be sorry for that and to turn away and to strive to amend our life. Contrition, it's not an emotion. It's not always something we feel. It's an act of the will. Right, to acknowledge sin in our life and to choose to turn away and to ask God for his help to do so. So to be truly contrite, to sincerely repent is the first thing that we have to do in confession. And then obviously we have to come and we have to verbally confess our sins. And I just want to encourage you, it's so important that we be honest. Right? Be really brutally honest in confession. Don't hold anything back. Don't Don't water it down. Don't beat around the bush. Don't make excuses. Just honestly confess your sins. Don't hold anything back. I assure you, we priests, we're not shocked or offended or upset by anything we hear in confession. Don't think that we're judging you. We're not. We're there to be Christ's instruments of mercy and forgiveness. So ask the Lord to give you that courage to confess everything that you need to confess. Please don't hold anything back. We also know that there's a distinction between mortal and venial sins. And when it comes to confession, we have to confess our mortal sins that we're aware of. If we hold one of those back, the confession is invalid. So please confess, especially those mortal sins, those grave sins that you're aware of. You may or may not have heard before that when it comes to mortal sins in confession, we have to confess them in kind and in number. And that kind of shocks people initially, but it's, it's actually not that complicated. In kind, it just means you have to name the sin. You just have to say what you've done. Again, not being vague or not trying to hide anything, just honestly acknowledging the sin that you have committed. And then to the best of your ability, giving an indication of how many times you've committed it. Maybe that's a number, maybe that's a certain number of times every week or every month. It doesn't have to be mathematically perfectly accurate, but we do have to honestly give an indication of how many times we've sinned. So to make a good, thorough, honest, complete confession of our sins. And then finally, the priest is gonna give us a penance, something that we're asked to do to try to make some satisfaction, some reparation for our sins. And we can't do that completely. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He is the one that made satisfaction for our sins. But he does ask us to participate in that work by doing what we can saying prayers, you know, fasting, doing penance, almsgiving, right? Doing obviously what the priest asks us, but then we can even go above and beyond and we can regularly 
be trying to make satisfaction for our sins. And if we do these three things with real sincerity, right, making a good confession, we have the certainty of our faith that we know we're forgiven, right? that Jesus offers us freedom from our past so that we don't have to keep carrying around uh, these burdens. He offers us hope for the future that we really can find freedom with sin if we run to him. And if we run to him over and over and over again, no matter how many times we need to, right? Jesus wants us to persevere in coming to him with confidence, right? approaching the throne of grace, approaching the sacraments, especially confession, trusting that the Lord wants to give us mercy and grace to help us overcome our struggles and sins, to help us grow in our love for him and in our love for one another so that we can truly experience the fullness of our faith, the fullness of the the hope and the life that Jesus came to make possible for us.